0: Hang Dude, that Smiley Kaufman for 61! Wow. I'm Smiley Kaufman, and this is the Smiley Show.
1: Welcome back to the Smiley Show. Uh, we've got we've got an eventful one today. We've got a lot to bring to you. Of course, recapping what was uh, quite a thrilling finish at the Farmers. After it was looking like it might be a dull one there for a moment, um, we've got uh, your conversation with Dylan DeCher about the bombshell anthony kim report uh of sorts that you know kind of capture the imagination of the golf internet there when, when that news dropped last week and uh and i'm like i'm currently in transit to to pebble beach for our uh our big plans this next week at the at&t so lots to get to uh but yeah let's let's start right at the top with uh matthew Pavon's win at the farmers insurance open uh, I'll, I'll start by saying like there are a lot of French related stats flying around on Matthew people are disagreeing about you know what the significance of the win is for France I'll, let's just say that French people don't often win on the PGA tour so whatever <laughs> the stat is this was very very good for for uh, the, the nation of France and Matthew Bavone, of course um and and then also you know you pass this tweet on and it's kind of wild to look at The PGA Tour thus far is just reading you the pre-tournament odds to win for our four winners this year. We've had Chris Kirk at 200 to 1, Grayson Murray at 400 to 1, Nick Dunlap at 300 to 1, and Matthew Pavon at 125 to 1. So before we kind of dig into the tournament, Smiley, I just wonder, you know, how you reflect on on this win in the context of the entire season thus far. Because in some senses, you could say coming into the season, it'd be really nice for the PGA Tour to have a lot of stars win and just showcase the, the overall strength of the product. But by the same token... We've got some kind of cool, unique stories, you know, that have captured the imagination of of, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, current fans and potential new fans. I mean, Nick Dunlap, you, know, you look no further than that. He was, you know, that final round outrated John Rahm's win the year before. So what, what's your take on just the way the season is, is broken out thus far for the tour? Yeah, I mean, you said
0: it. some long shots. Chris Kirk 201, Grayson Murray, 400 to one, Nick Dunlap, 301. And Tyron, Matthew, Honey Badger, Pavan at 125 (laughs) to one. By the way, he is now the Honey Badger for forever the Way he spells Matthew with basically the exact same way that Tyron Matthew's last name is. So, I don't know how I didn't see the LSU tie in coming there, but that was so obvious. Should have seen the Honey Badger. The Honey Badger gets it done. Can you imagine if
1: if Jim Nance would have hit us with and the Honey Badger gets it done at the farmers? (laughs) Would have been great branding. I mean, it was a Honey Badger esque performance there on the 18th hole, so he's certainly earned it. Yeah, no, it's listen,
0: I. We kind of talked about this even after Chris won. you know mm-hmm. we we kind of were thinking that the tour had to have the stars win, but I could argue that I was more interested in all all of these other ones besides, um you know, I, I would say I wasn't like necessarily like locked into this leaderboard as I would have been if uh, somebody else, like if Max would have found his way up there, which he kind of did early in the day. Mm-hmm. But I think the Pebble Beach will be a a, a fairly nice benchmark. Even though we had signature events last year, this is like a new signature event where the Pebble Beach field used to always be very weak with a couple littered stars here throughout where you've had stars win there. You've also had other players that, you know, redefine their careers winning at Pebble Beach. But the Farmers is an odd place to see someone not expected to win win. It's normally a place where you have certain players play it very well, but you, you just have to (laughs) you <laughs> have to have so much control of your game, especially tee to green. And from what I watched on the greens as well, it's not easy to make putts out there watching the balls bounce around everywhere. And and for those of you that have putted on Poana green, especially late in the afternoon, it sucks. There's no way around it. It's The greens are terrible, and there's nothing you could do about it. And I always hated putting it at in San Diego in the afternoons. I hated putting at Riviera in the afternoons because you could see you could see it all and you're just like how
1: what 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 am i supposed to do and but that's kind of the i I, uh, I gotta i gotta give a shout out there to friend of the pod james nitties i don't want to interrupt you there but i saw a tweet from him that i thought was like so perfect in summing that up where he he tweeted social media all over players for missing putts on these greens imagine trying to put on a surface that someone tried to put out a fire on with a bike chain (laughs) (laughs) old Nitties texting
0: me uh at the end of the day, yesterday, was as they were winding down, he said, how about your boy, uh, Jake Knapp? And Dude, uh, yeah. I thought he was going to kind of sneak in there for a second. But uh, I was rooting for Steven Yeager. He's he's always been a friend of mine. And then the storyline late with Keith Mitchell getting into Pebble Beach, him heading to Birdie, just like, oh, that's that's cool. We should get to root for your friends. And if, if they have success, you have also get to uh, have a chance to have some more success. So I was rooting for that storyline as well.
1: Yeah, it, it was so funny how so, you know I, I was flying yesterday and and I flipped this on. I was flying from Durham to Charlotte, and on the front of that flight, I'm like, man, this is going to be kind of a dull finish. You know, I, I it's you know it is what it is. You know, you, just, you can't script up uh, intrigue or drama at every single tournament. It looked like you know it, it was just going to you know end with a Pavon win, maybe by a couple of shots. And then when we landed in Charlotte, like everything happened at the same time. You know, Jake Knapp in contention, which, you know, as a guy that you picked as a, as a rookie who could do well this year. And 17, 18 was just so wild because off the tee, you're thinking, oh, this is over. You know, Hoygaard was was in the rough just above that bu- that right fairway bunker. Pavon's in the middle of the fairway. Jaeger pulls his OB left, has to re-tee. And then even from those second shots, you know, Hoygaard and Pavon are probably in very similar positions on that green um, Hoygaard two putts. And then, you know, Jaeger kind of misses that shorty for par, makes a bogey and brings everyone back into it. Uh, and 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 you're thinking, OK, like now we got ourselves a tournament. And then on on 18 T Hoygaard in the fairway, Jaeger in the fairway, Pavon hits it in the, in the fairway bunker left. And and then you know the scenario you noted. Okay, now Jaeger, if he makes a birdie here, he brings Keith back in play for Pebble Beach. So I'm just like, oh my goodness, it's all <laughs> happening at the exact same time. But I mean, just that shot, those two back to back shots on 18. I'd love to hear your thoughts about Pavon's psyche and everything because I believe it was um, Trevor Immelman who we just had on the show who noted that the the recovery shot that Pavon hits out of the the trap there. He's like, man, I wonder if he rushed that a little bit. Didn't, didn't take enough time. He kind of, he pulls that shot, which should be an easy pitch out to give himself a, mm. a, a third approach shot. If mm. he hits it quickly and he hits it in the rough left. And then you're looking at, you know, not knowing what, I mean, I think he had like 155 yards, 160 ish yards in, you know, but he's got to cover the water and you're trying to set yourself up. So you can make a birdie. Cause you're assuming that Hoy going to make a birdie and just sticks it that third shot from the rough, uh, you know, and tough to hit out of that rough at Torrey pines. Um, you know, just that whole sequence of Pavon, like, you know, your, your reflections on, on how he played that hole.
0: Yeah, I, th- I mean, the lip looked to be like a problem if you thinned it, but it, it is difficult to to even hit the fairway there. You kind of have to hold the face off uh, on a shot like that where you almost kind of chicken wing it a little bit. Mm. Um, but if you are going to try to cast it a little bit to to uh, add some loft on a shot like that. Well, what's going to happen? The and, and Trevor described it great. You know, have mm-hmm. your foot up outside the uh, outside the bunker there. You know that face is just going to pass and go left, which I thought he was going to play more of like a knife, like chicken wing type shot. Which mm-hmm. it that brings in the thin shot a little bit because you can easily hit the face when you do that. So uh, I don't know if I, I didn't really get to watch his cadences on how fast or slow he did play that shot. But I'm always here for. A hot take that hey these he's he's playing too quick and he's losing it a little bit so um and based on the lie and how far he had I was thinking that if he mishit it at all I just I just felt like short was in play and I felt like left was in play too and for him to hit it in that little little bowl was pretty impressive and and then there was some other storylines there like kind of noted the eager but also Nikolai Hoigard I mean Nikolai or Nikolai whatever how you pronounce it um listen this guy's great to you know that that he's on the pga tour i don't know if he has any thoughts about going to live golf tour but going into the week man he was 51st in the world um owgr hasn't updated yet i guess this is like a sunday update because it finished on a saturday Mm. but you have to imagine second place at that event he probably jumps closer to high 30s low 40s which gets him into the masters um Uh, and listen his last starts i'm just sitting here looking at it uh the week that max Homa won uh he finished second dp world tour championship finished first dubai invitational 25th desert classic seventh and then a second now at san diego we saw what he did kind of like low-key we saw what he did at the Ryder cup like we knew he was Mm -hmm. like a very good player but we didn't necessarily see you know him be like the kind of the talk of the European players. We kind of more heard from the young stars like Ludwig Gobert. Like Mm -hmm. that was more of the storylines because he was playing with, uh, Victor Hovland. They were dominating, but he kind of just cruised his way through, like didn't necessarily, um, do anything wrong at the Ryder cup, but Mm -hmm. like he's continued to build off of, you know, the experiences of playing it in a Ryder cup and is, is kind of parlayed this into a, a very nice fall and into a a hot start this, this winter and heading into the spring.
1: Yeah. I I think if if we reflect back on that Ryder cup process and the lead up and getting, and getting a captain's pick from Luke Donald, that there was a lot of attention paid to the fact that, you know, Ludwig got a pick um, no, yeah, he won the, the Omega yeah. European masters. So it was a little more justified, but there was a lot of attention on that. When in reality, the, the more, the riskier pick there was definitely taking Nikolai Hoygaard, um, you know, over an Adrian Morocco or somebody comparable. Um, especially because I believe at the time it was his brother Rasmus who was in better form, who had just won <laughs> a tournament on the DP world tour. And it's like, did, did they even take the right Hoy And yeah. kind of to your point, you know, very, very solid at the Ryder cup and, it didn't light the world on fire, but obviously, you know, his side wins and he gets, picks up some experience and then his run of finishes since then have been really good. Um, I thought it was a, a really interesting sliding doors moment. They noticed this on the broadcast yesterday, but Rasmus was slated to get his PGA Tour card through that top 10 DP World Tour category last year. And then that final tournament pavon birdies his final four holes to jump into that category and knock rasmus out and then here nikolai and and matthew are playing in the final group on the pga tour a couple of months later uh which was you know i hope you uh, start referring
0: to matthew as the honey badger can honey, we just can we just start talking sure, about tyron honey. matthew like <laughs> we we need to somehow have a tyron matthew in there just a. I mean, Tyra
1: Matthew Pavan. I I love yeah. it. I, it'll be great. It's like a double match. It'll be great <laughs> if people show up to this podcast and be like, "Who the heck are they talking about the honey badger?" You're like, "Obviously, the only French winner on the PGA tour, like, you know, catch up here guys. Like, <laughs> who else could it be?" <laughs> Uh, you and you talked a little bit about Jake Knapp, and I wanted to read another, you know, James Nitty's tweet because I know you all talked about him on that pod as well. Just last year, one of the longest hitters on the Corn Ferry Tour, averaging like 325 yards, set a Corn Ferry Tour record, making 14 straight cuts, and yeah, shows up in a big way. This week, you know, got to 11 under, which we were thinking maybe could, could get him into a playoff depending on how the last hole broke out. Um, And, you know, of course, Pavon finishes at 13, Hoygaard at 12. So he, he got a T3 there. But, you know, what did you see from Jake this week? You know, that, that kind of aligns with what you were thinking heading into the season of like this guy could have and he and barely missed. Pebble Beach. I think he was six on that swing, uh, that swing five category. So like he didn't get oh, in here, but like man. he he could be. He's, close. He, he's he's coming. Yeah. Um.
0: I honestly they didn't show him a ton, so I didn't really get to yeah. watch him watch him like play. I just kind <laughs> of followed it on uh, online. But man, he's frustrating to watch because he hit like one ninety ball speed. I don't know if this was last week or this week. Probably not this week. But um, it's. 190 ball speed, and when you watch his golf swing, it just doesn't look like he's swinging that hard. It's like where where is it the power coming from? I was thinking in my head, is like how can I make it look this smooth, but also hit 190? <laughs> so he must just be strong as an ox, or have the the right setting with everything, um, with all that he does. But yeah, no, definitely, definitely a, a player that I think. Will play better on the PJ tour than he did on the Corn Ferry tour, mm. which I think is a good sign to see that he was a cut maker on the Corn Ferry, you know, a guy with a lot of speed. Also, you would think he would be more of a hot and cold player on golf courses that are easier and shootouts. So we know he can make birdies, we know he can hang around and make cuts. And now he's playing on golf courses that should suit his game better. So there there are certain players that come out that you're like, okay. You know, like Chris Goddard up Jake Knapp uh, are two guys that come to mind that are just long players. It's like, just get them to the tour and they're going to be on tougher golf courses that are that play, you know, more towards a higher skill of of a ball striker and and guys that can really move it. So good start for Jake. This is kind of a horse for a course
1: for him. I'm not surprised to see him play well. The, The few shots I saw him hit on the broadcast yesterday, he reminded me kind of like a tourified version of Kyle Berkshire, like. High finish, just like launching the ball crazy. It so smooth to me.
0: I don't don't see that. Um, Like
1: like, like a dial down. Like if you're like, take Kyle Berkshire, send him to the lab, smooth him out, make him not do long drive stuff, but have like that similar kind of like high finish and like insane ball speed and flight and everything. I don't know. I could be way off, but that was eh. one I was like, huh? You know, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) You don't like rejecting that one. Because he, I mean, Berkshire's stuff looks just so like
0: violent you yeah, know, yeah violent and jake knapp just looks so smooth to me it looks like he's hitting warm-up wedges when he's hitting 190 ball speed with the driver it's so, crazy i don't know uh, i mean i maybe have to you, you could sell me on the take, but right now I'm not buying it.
1: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll compile some evidence. I'll put together a nice <laughs> like, PowerPoint for you. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> I'll be great. I got a whole thing going. Uh, yeah. So and in, in, in on the back end of your conversation with Dylan DeChair, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about where we're at in the swing five as we kind of lead into the AT&T Pro-Am and all that. Uh, before we get to that, though, I, I do another big thing happened last week, which was you uh, at the PGA show. Ripping drivers at Top Golf in front of Tom Watson. Uh, mm-hmm. Just do tell, Smiley. What 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 all was going on there?
0: Yeah, no. Uh, got to go to my first PGA show, and uh, really, it was. I mean, golf is. I think it's in a great place. I think the professional world, uh, you know, just the way the golf landscape is right now for the professional tours is is a bit broken. But you wouldn't know that being at the PGA show. You know, it's my first time, so maybe I could be way off on this, but it just seemed like a, a very a booming type of place, meaning just the industry just seems like it's 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 rocking and rolling. And that was just kind of my feedback of just kind of what I what I saw with how many different people were there and just all the the grinders out there with the small booths that are trying to make it, but also the big booths that were were pretty uh, pretty impressive as well, but yes, got to go to Top Golf with Polo Rlx and had a uh, had a blasted some shots in front of Watson, kind of found something in the golf swing in my 40 shots that I hit that I've taken to the course and.
1: I, I gotta stop, like I love so much that you found something using the stock clubs at a top golf. Like I don't know <laughs> how I'm always finding something, man. And
0: I, I actually found out the driver I was using, like the blue shaft is for, for ladies. So it was kicking right. Maybe I need to get a, a nice ladies shaft in my,
1: my driver. <laughs> Maybe that's an upcoming video is is we just take you out with a set of ladies top golf clubs and see what you can shoot. It's like, Mm -hmm. like playing with persimmons, but maybe even more difficult. Uh, Yeah. And then Reggie
0: Bush as well. Got to hang out with him a little bit with Strix on. We did some, some long drive type stuff and turns out uh, muscle mass does have an effect on how far a golf ball can go. Um, Found that with, with, with Reggie just hitting like on these limited, limited flight golf balls hitting, you know, mid 170 ball speed. And it's like that's just kind of stupid for the type of ball you're hitting. So yeah, overall great week. Uh trying to think anything else. Um I think the one thing that surprised me at the PGA show was um the apparel. Hmm. Just like there were so many different apparel companies. And that to me, I guess it didn't surprise me, but I think that was, you know, if you'd have probably gone 10 years back, that would have been you know, a 10th of what it was, what I saw at the PGA show, just so many different brands I'm like, oh, wow, I have not even heard of this brand. And it's a, got a huge booth. Um, so that's must be a fairly competitive yeah. space. And uh, everybody that, all the club pros and stuff that I talked to were
1: making their rounds, to all the different ones. I, on the apparel subject, like I was a, a slightly surprised, that tailor made if they are indeed going to get into the golf apparel space that this wasn't a place where they soft launched some of that unless you saw stuff there that i mean i i feel like i would have seen I, that on social media if they did i kept my head down i i got <laughs> i walk from
0: point a to point b dude i'm in like my whole polo outfit it looks like yeah. i'm about to head to the first tee you know i i was i love it it was it was a very long walk from Strixon on to polo so i would keep my head down and just go i would get on the phone just to um
1: that's or good. I was just trying to make it, you know, because I would glad to hear would, you're participating, networking, <laughs> things like that. just tunnel vision, get the blinders on him, get him. Listen, I don't mind good. talking to people. It's just that's <laughs>
0: like the place if you're ever going to be recognized, it's going to be there, it's gonna right? Be there. Yeah, it's going to be there. Um, uh, talk it, to some it, great it, people, though.
1: It, it, it is funny. I can't, like, I had so many people this last week, like, hey, are, are you going to the PGA show? And I was like, no, you know, I'm going to at t the following week, you know, looking forward to that. And they were almost like disappointed for me. Like, guys, I'm going I'm going to Pebble Beach. And it's like, yeah, but the PGA show. And I think it speaks to what you're talking about, where it's really become a huge thing in these last few years. Um, and, and, and you know, again, to your point where we get so in this pro golf bubble, sometimes we like fail to realize that the whole grassroots movement and golf that's been happening, you know, from COVID on is really kind of thriving in a lot of ways. So that's, that's super cool to see. Maybe, maybe that's on the docket next year. Maybe I can get down to the PGA show and check it out. But, uh, it's, it's uh,
0: over, I go, I was overstimulated after like one day Yeah, and uh, that's, I just did one day down there, but another day I would've been like, Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was just a lot, you know, it was a lot to take in. Uh, definitely talked to a lot of fun people but um, outside the apparel I'll I'll mention this one other thing that I noticed was just how many different simulator things I saw that was like one other market where I'm like holy crap I couldn't believe the amount of simulators and launch monitors and stuff that I saw
1: what what surprised you the most because I saw like video of people who were going to boost where they had putting greens you could adjust with like you know tiger woods oh four you know brake lines on the green stuff like that like what was the thing that you saw where you were like i can't believe this is a thing that exists now and like i either want to get one of those or i want to like use it at some point to see how it works
0: listen I, like i said
1: i i i
0: didn't really do a ton of looking like like looking for anything particular i just kind of noticed stuff i, w- I kind of kept going i didn't really stop in any booths i just kind of was walking to and fro so i'm not the right person to ask but okay. i mean that sounds sweet
1: yeah <laughs> all right well you know maybe next year uh you know boots on the ground uh i'll get down there and kind of peruse around so we can figure out but uh it's a grind I-
0: brother it's a grind
1: I- i should i do i should give a shout out and i believe she connected with you the show as well to to jan craig head covers because you know working on a little something there that uh, may pop up in some videos in the future uh so we're very appreciative to her uh they make some nice little you know cool knit uh head cover deals with the palms on top so stay tuned to that department might have some fun stuff there for listeners and viewers of the show so uh yeah a little shout out to her but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of our wrap on on the week that just happened. Uh, and, you know, maybe the surprisingly the biggest piece of news that happened this last week was a just a report uh, from the, the golf Internet, which was Dylan to chair uh, on the news that Anthony Kim is considering a return to golf, either with. Uh, live golf or the pga tour kind of mulling over his options there and kind of uh you know seeing what makes sense against his insurance policy that he has to pay them out you know after that injury he had back in in 2012 i believe so you had a, a great like 20 minute discussion with him that that touched on that and some live stuff as well so uh we'll, we'll uh, kick it over to that conversation now and then come back on the back end with a little wrap up a little pebble preview and talking a little bit about what we're going to do uh this next week
0: all right, guys. We got Dylan DeCher joining us on the Smiley Show, and Dylan recently wrote a fantastic piece and one that I think the golf world has been, uh, I would say, very excited about reading. Because Anthony Kim uh, planning on making his return to professional golf. We don't know exactly what that looks like, or if it really ever even happened, But still, the article itself put some excitement into some golf fans. And Dylan, you were, you know, you broke the broke the story, and uh, really just how long have you kind of heard the the rumors about Anthony where like, this is actually, he's like, actually I can write
2: something now about this. Yeah. No, it's a good question. I was going to say what, like 12 years. Yeah, 12 years like- for- <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it's tricky with stuff like this, especially right now. Right. Like yes. just in general, in the golf media world, with the live stuff in particular, like I've generally just gotten out of trying to say, Hey, this guy is going to live or this Mm -hmm. guy, because really until, until live announces it or the player announces it, like it may not happen. It may get really close to the finish line and then, and then back up. But I think this one felt like, okay, this is a real enough thing. There, there have been discussions about AK coming back now for like multiple months that, uh, that even the fact that he's pursuing this in a serious way is newsworthy and it's going, you know, you could already kind of see chatter start to get out a little bit about, Oh, is this happening? Is this a a thing? And, uh, so yeah, we decided uh, there was, there was more than enough to run with. There's always more that you don't put in writing <laughs> yeah. because it, you know, it's not quite there. It feels like rumor or, or, or something else, but yeah, it. We tried to keep it pretty down the middle of, okay, here are Anthony's options. If he does come back, he's looking at coming back. It's possible it won't happen, but it's definitely more likely now than I would say at any point in the last, I don't know, eight years or something. Right. And for those that haven't read the article, you just kind of
0: mentioned the options. Are you able to just kind of speak to those with the PGA tour and the the insurance policy that he has through them? And then also the potential or option to play live
2: golf or, you know, what, what, what else is out there? Yeah. And again, I mean, take all this with a little bit of a grain of salt, but I would say if he wanted to go back to the PGA tour, that's something he could do just about tomorrow. I mean, he has this past Mm -hmm. champion status, so that would get him probably in some lesser events. But there's no sponsor on the PGA Tour that wouldn't extend an invite in AK's direction. Um, So I think any just regular, like, non-elevated, non-signature, I guess we're saying these days, PGA Tour event would, uh, would gladly welcome him in. So that would be pretty simple. I think in him making plans to kind of recoup money that he would lose based off this insurance policy that he has, that gets a little more complex. Do we because know the figures PGA there? Tour, you know, like,
0: do we know, that? like, how close he is to, like, like, fulfilling that entire
2: policy? Is he halfway? I I, I don't know how these things typically yeah, work. Yeah, as I understand it, there's still a decent amount of money outstanding, like, in mm. in the range of, of $10 million, um wow. which would it's a significant amount of money to offset by coming back and the PGA tour does not do appearance fees. There are definitely ways that guys on tour get compensated, which you would understand
0: <laughs> yes. better than I
2: would, but, um, but there, you know, you, you have to find different ways around it. Certainly he would probably find a spot in the, uh, in the pit if he came back to play the PGA tour. So that could be a way to, to get a case of money. The live thing is trickier. And I think, You know, Liv is is not willing to comment on this stuff publicly at all. But on the one hand, there's a great temptation, I think, to say, oh, yeah, we want this guy. Uh, He would bring immediate eyeballs. He would uh, he would cause a stir. He would cause people to tune in immediately. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most obvious point. But I think there is a counterpoint where it is a little bit of a risk. So this is a guy that hasn't played competitive (laughs) golf in 12 years. And Liv is looking to be taken more seriously. If he comes out and shoots eighty, and you've extended him a multi-year contract or a team captaincy or something big and crazy and committed like that, you're stuck with it. Then that's not something they want. So I think that's that's kind of the pendulum that's been swinging back and forth for them. If I were them, I would do anything I could to get the guy. But but I see (laughs) the other side of it too. Oh, you remember the rumors
0: uh, over the last year, just how. Anthony Kim was rumored to be, you know, being courted by Liv Goff. But in your article, it kind of stated that once there was win, they that Anthony Kim was actually considering playing again, that's when Greg Norman called and said, you know what, Uh, we'd love to have you. And it seemed like it would make sense that they would just pay the offset cost of what the $10 million insurance policy that's outstanding, like you mentioned, and that be his, his fee for coming on. And then he makes money based off how he plays. But you also mentioned that he wouldn't necessarily sign with the team as an option. There, that there's like wild card spots, I guess, where guys don't necessarily sign with the team. But what I imagine that means is it just gives Live Golf a little bit of flexibility to not lock guys in.
2: Yeah, I think that there's again, Live has not, you know, announced their final uh, format for the year. Uh, we're we're coming up on it. Maybe by the time this podcast comes out, they will have announced more. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think those wild card spots give them a little bit more flexibility in terms of mixing in individuals um to individual live events without yeah. the pressure of a team. It could be a natural fit for him. Uh I know he's is, it's it's not that he had never talked about being on a team or talked with people about being on a team. I think those discussions have happened, but this just mm-hmm. seemed like a way to make it so that okay, he wouldn't have to play the first event of the year. Um so yeah. It's interesting times, man. It all feels so fluid, and and everyone's sort of. It's hard to unpack the exact truth or where anyone is in negotiations yeah. because everyone wants you to think a certain way. So. Well, it'd be uh it'd be a huge boost for the Cleeks. They need anything to go their
0: way. You know, they just they need a little bit of little star power coming their way. As as someone who's been a Cleeks fan their entire life. That's right, lifelong <laughs> Cleeks fan Smiley Kaufman. They, they've
2: got a little mojo coming their way, I think.
0: I've I've heard I've heard the exact same thing. Um and as live golf rumors have gone somebody that's covered it you you mentioned kind of now that you're not in the in the news of of necessarily saying a, a player is going to the live golf tour but let's rewind over the last year and a half and over over that period of time how many times did you have players like in in your tweets like ready to rock and roll they're going to live that you either regret sending or you should have sent? Um, and what percentage of the rumors of anything live on Twitter that we see, would you say is correct out of a hundred percent? Would you say like 70% is right? 80% is it more like 50 50? Because if you get on Twitter, you see a plenty of rumors that um yeah. sometimes
2: come true and sometimes don't. I think the, it's kind of ebbed and flowed, right? I don't think I've, I don't think I've said too much stuff that I got fully wrong. I don't know if people can, I wish, I, ever I, wish I, I had receipts. I wish I had receipts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think that there was, it goes in waves, right? Because there is like this can't lay Xander stuff that has always kind of marinated. Mm-hmm. And throughout that process, I've kind of like consistently have like sort of checked in with those guys and be like, is there something I'm really missing here? Are you guys like about to go to live? And uh, so I think that has been a pretty consistently wrong thing. But then ROM signing really makes you rethink like a lot of it because then it feels like, oh, wait, are, are all of these whispers actually going to be more true than, than we think? So it'd be hard to put a percentage on. I guess you just really have to evaluate uh, your source, <laughs> where it's coming from. It's a problem with the world. I'll, I keep <laughs> thinking about this like, okay, if people have, a, have this hard a time in golf, in pro golf, like distinguishing what's real – from what's a parody or propaganda or whatever else like imagine when it's something that really matters like Mm -hmm. when you know actual news gets covered this way uh so it's it definitely makes you worry a little bit for the world but Uh, i don't know i'm trying to stay away from saying things that are are really untrue i'm sure i haven't haven't done a perfect job of that but (laughs) it's been an interesting time to be in the space you came into the golf media world at a fascinating time smiley I sure did. And, uh, there's been so many people,
0: you know, that used to ask me how I was playing at weddings, this and that. And, but now at weddings, it's like, Hey, what do you think about all this live stuff? <laughs> and it's everybody wants to know kind of what the opinion is. And I'll ask you right now, what do you think about all this live stuff with the PGA tour and live? Is there anything that we need to keep track of right now? Or is it just still the deadline just kind of keeps on getting pushed and pushed until yeah. they can, because there's been rumor about, um, Jay Monahan flying over there and finally meeting since June 6th. Apparently they hadn't had any contact since like the last month, you know, is there anything to update on there? Just, you know, continue to watch the news
2: cycle. You are right. I mean, it's the first time in my few years of of being in this job where it feels like the players were asking like me questions instead of just the other way around. Mm. Um, Gosh, what is there to keep (laughs) track? I don't know is the short answer. Um, (laughs) I mean, I think you're looking at two parallel deals and yeah. interesting ways that they could fit together. I think that maybe something we're we're not thinking about enough is the appeal of the SSG to the PIF and vice versa, and like the ways that that maybe those two groups would like access to each other. And mm. if you know, if the PIF is thinking about not just the PGA tour, but big picture access to other American sports or or something like that. I mean, this group of investors represents a a door to that world too. So there are a lot of reasons for it to get done. It just also feels like, all right, next week is Pebble Beach. It's the new PGA Tour system. And going right up against that is going to be Liv's new format and new season and new teams. And so it's just it feels like they're getting potentially closer together, but also con- competing harder than they ever have. So I just don't know where that leaves us and when that gets us there.
0: Do you think there's going to be more people that, that tune in to the live golf tour this year versus like, do you think they can actually go head to head against a pebble beach, having a guy like John Ron playing? Do, does that, does that move the needle enough for the audience? Do you think
2: it's still going to be a lot of what we saw in the, in the uh, ratings this year? I would expect a slight bump because mm-hmm. there, I mean, the ratings really just were pretty, pretty poor <laughs> last year. Um, but I think throughout this process, one thing that we've learned is we're probably overestimating the power of individuals and underestimating the the power of institutions. And yeah. uh, in this case, like the existence of the PGA Tour and the the decades behind it and the way it's baked into people's routines and it's like just what you flip on on Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon and and there's an order to it where it's you know you go to Tory and you go to Pebble and you go to Phoenix and that stuff a lot of it sounds kind of boring and stayed and the PGA tour deserves plenty of criticism for for not keeping up with the times I would say mm-hmm. yeah. um and I'm not saying the PGA tour schedule is perfect by any means there's I think there's too many events that some of them get watered down etc But I still think when it comes to interest and significance and context, that stuff still matters a lot in the mind of the average golf fan. So I do think we'll see a little bit of an uptick um, this year for Liv. But I also think like Liv has had some of the biggest names in the game. If you wanted to start a league, you would get a bunch of guys like Phil and Bryson and Brooks and DJ and Cam Smith. And so I think losing John Rom hurts the PGA Tour and it helps live, but maybe not quite as much as I thought at first. And it does seem like they continue to get deeper. The field continues to get better at live. I don't want to downplay that, um, but people still seem more interested in the PGA Tour as a, a viewing experience.
0: One of the things that, that comes to mind for me is is it's not really the top players that have to really worry about a ton. They they seem confident that they're going to eventually play again um, against the best players in the world in whatever that league format looks like. But I've talked about it on the show quite some time. It's the players after that that, to me, I think are sitting on their hands right now because I think – they are in a really tough spot because I think the avenue for them to come back because they don't really have necessarily the leverage that the top players from the live golf tour have, they're going to be at will of whatever the rules are. And, and I think it's going to be very tough for a guy like a Abraham answer or a a Taylor Gooch that were, you know, top 30 players when they left, but where where are they going to fit in in this new structure? I think I think the players on the PGA Tour have a bet a better bet of being able to work their way in than the guys that are
2: coming from Live that aren't the top guys. What do you, what's your thoughts yeah. on that? I think that's a great call. It actually makes me think back to Anthony Kim because if he was thinking of going to Live and looking to maximize his his uh, cash in on Live, yeah. like you can probably imagine the contract he would have gotten two years ago. Mm-hmm. As opposed to now, based on the numbers flying around then versus, you know, other than John Rom, the numbers that seem to be flying around now. I think if you were looking to maximize profit, you jumped early and you take a lot of flack and and some people think about you differently forever. But at this point, yeah, there's there's guys like Rom who have assurance of playing the majors you know, he, he's, he was in the perfect spot. He was yeah. selling high on himself as the mm-hmm. master's champ. Um And also, you know, one of the top three players in the world. Right. And he also does not have much risk of missing out on the events that, you know, he has really circled on his calendar, but yeah, for other guys and for guys whose contracts are going to expire, maybe at the end of this year, who have been on live, you've, you've taken the jump and hopefully you've gotten rewarded for that in the short term because the uncertainty is what comes next and that's going to look very different for different guys i think so and the the last kind of
0: scoop question i'm asking you about this to see if you have any any insight here because i think this is kind of juicy do you think there's any animosity from the top players on live golf tour like a brooks kepka who signed for let's say I'm just going to use a ballpark number. Let's say he signed for 100 150 million, and I have no idea of what he signed for, but I know you probably know, and you don't have to say. <laughs> but I am pretty aware of what John Rahm signed for. Are players like that a little frustrated in the value comparison between a uh, Brooks Kepkin and a John Rahm, who you could argue back and forth resume wise of who was better and and why they got
2: paid potentially 150 million more dollars. I wonder, and that's probably something you would have to ask them. And even if you did ask them, they probably wouldn't tell you. I mean, there's got to be some of that, right? Because anytime, anytime a coworker is making a lot more money than you for doing the same thing, like you would have to have some of that. I I will say though, I went to, uh, we did some stuff with Liv at their recent content day and Rom was like, people were pumped to see him because I think there is this feeling at live of like, once you're there, you just want to recruit everyone else to come join you. Uh, you made this leap and now, yeah. So yeah, I remember seeing him greet like Ian Poulter, I think. And Poulter was just like, gave him a big old hug. There was just this sense of, all right, we're like really in this together. I think there still is that us against the world mentality over there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even if you're making $100 million and someone else down the road is making know, a just, couple hundred million more, then you probably are like, hang on a minute. I thought I took the big risk here.
0: He would be the one player, Brooks Koepka, that would, I think whenever his contract ran out, he would come back to the PGA Tour just because of the value comparison between the two. And I, I really just thought he just did it, you know, to make some money also to get his his brother on the tour. And, and I just feel like he just cares about the big event. So I don't know. That was yeah, just my I mean, thought.
2: Bro- Repeatedly over and over, Brooks has been has been asked whether he is doing something, you know, for Live. Whether his PGA Championship was a big win for Live. Whether he's looking forward to Live events specifically. And pretty much every time he has declined to kind of go all in on Live in the way that other guys have, and has really just doubled down on, you know, (laughs) this is good for the majors. I think he benefited in some ways from being able to take time off, reset his body. A good point. Um, reset his mind a little bit, and then come back strong next year. But yeah, he has not been uh, top cheerleader for the for the live side. <laughs>
0: My favorite bit that he has is when uh, Live Golf posts, you know, just preview type stuff. And I think this was like last year when they hadn't had the schedule completed, and he's in the he's in the comment section, like, "Hey, when are we going to get the schedule?" Just things like that that are just so petty that anybody that on the tour, knowing that the corporate side of it, they don't want him to do that. And he's just, you know, like, Hey, when are we getting our schedule? Like who's playing? Like I, they're just, I just love the troll
2: side of that part of. Brick's yeah, Cup, yeah. yeah. I, I do get that sense that there's, I think with the live guys, it's like they can internally, um, you know, complain about stuff, which stuff was a different way. Uh, d- like push for changes But Mm -hmm. then it's once people come at you from the outside, then it's still like, all right, hang on a minute. Like this is we're, we're going to protect our own against the outside. Like it's okay if we say it, but hold on, don't you come in and, and dump on this league.
0: <laughs> oh man. All right. So this was, this was a great combo. And and for those of you that haven't read the article headed to golf.com, make sure you read the article that Dylan wrote also can follow him on Twitter. And you can also watch the video that him and I did on breakthrough um, on golf.com as well. That was a well-received video that uh, I had a lot of fun doing and, I'm just happy that I know how to pronounce your last name now. You got on here. I was like, hey, is it Deathier? He's like, no, it's The
2: Chair. chair." There's no way anyone would know. I've talked to my brother, like, should we change this, like, going forward, (laughs) save the future generations? Oh, man. Just like what you sit in.
0: What are you doing? You're going to go play golf? I'm I am about to go play golf. I got a good swing. Thought we're uh, we're in a good mental place now. But if I hit, you want it, to
2: talk it out? You want to? no. I'm in a good place
0: now. No no, it. Okay. no, no, need to put it in the air because um, I could be on to the next thought in 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 about 15 minutes. So what we're gonna see and and to your point there, Dylan to chair, uh Charlie Home Hume is also our producer and co-host. On this pod, and he had recently changed his last name in the pronunciation because he got tired of of just the the confusion that it rang. So hey, there's
2: there's definitely there's and there he is, Charlie getting a haircut. <laughs> getting his haircut. Wait, so what do you say now? What's the final? He, pronunciation? he says
0: he says home now. It used to be home. Hume, but it's All right. home now. Just how it looks. So. death Death ear is not off the table is all I'm going to (laughs) say it's not off the table alternate pronunciation there you go there you go well Dylan let's do this again sometime and uh, I will be looking out for your for your breaking tweets and, and breaking articles and of course see you out on the road all right see you soon bud thanks brother
1: Well, uh, Smiley, great of Dylan to chair to take the time to sit down with uh, with with I would say us, but really you. I guess I did pop in in the midst of getting a haircut. I hope uh, everyone who's watching on YouTube just can see the nice uh, finished product here. Um, But yeah, to to chat about the Anthony Kim story. And I think that's man, uh, that is one that golf feels a little bit like. A soap opera over these past few years, and wouldn't that be a, a amazing twist if uh, AK decided to make his comeback this year uh, to join us on a tour? So appreciate Dylan taking the time uh, and chatting with you about all that. Uh, but listen, we have more fun breaking ish news things to discuss, and the place I got to start is, dude, this is huge, huge, huge news. Uh, you, you're you're a kayak guy. You're a hashtag kayak guy. Uh, after your ish. your cameo. Ish. Uh, I think you're a kayak guy. I hate to break it to uh, you. You, are, you, are, you might be the kayak guy. Uh, <laughs> you, you had an extended cameo at the Sony Open. Uh, and, and, you know, while I out there? And ever since then, you've been campaigning on this podcast of where else can I get in a kayak to cover live golf? And, you know, apparently there's been a little behind-the-scenes lobbying with the good people at the Players' Championship and seeing if we can get you in a kayak at Sawgrass. And this is from their Twitter account, Wednesday caddy competition bring your sunscreen smiley kaufman looks like you could be in a kayak at the 17th hole at sawgrass uh how how are we feeling about that smiley well i've
0: been trying to plant the seed for a while with uh players social so whoever runs runs their account um whether it's an intern or somebody that uh is high up i've been i've been trying to just plant the seed kind of work work the phone lines and see if uh I can wake, make my way into the pond at seventeen. It, it's kind of more of a bit, but them actually saying, "Hey, no Wednesday caddy competition, let's do it." um So now I've I've really got my thinking cap on, thinking, "All right, hmm. first off, I, I have I ever seen an alligator in this pond?" That was the first <laughs> thing that came into my mind, is because I I pretty you know I fall out of these things, you know, and and from what I expect to happen if I happen to get in a kayak i would expect players to hit golf balls at me so mm. things that i've already wrote written down of hey i'm bringing this in the kayak with me number one i'm bringing a helmet okay i'm bringing a helmet and uh maybe get some cool stickers on there probably throw an <laughs> nbc sticker on uh um, maybe i love mom sticker. something like yeah just yeah. any any cool sticker yeah Um gonna bring a sticker uh also thought what do people love like what gets people fired up more than family more than sports more mm-hmm. than anything catching a free t-shirt i'm ah. going to bring a t-shirt cannon in there love and we're going to shoot some t-shirts out in the crowd on 17 haven't been approved yet probably uh <laughs> got to talk to the players lawyers on this but that is the second thing i want to bring the third thing <laughs> that i want to bring i'm going to bring a baseball mitt because if, okay. if these players are hitting golf balls at me, I need to make sure I can catch one. Because what a great, great way to to uh, to Amazing. be a part of the action—catch a baseball. But also, the only thing that worries me there is is trying to adjust on the fly. Next thing you know, I'm I'm in the uh, I'm in the bottom of the lake. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I'm going to bring is I'm going to bring a white flag as a sign of surrender to stop hitting golf balls at me, because I know it's going to happen. So we're taking any more ideas of what else can fit in the canoe. Some people might say a cooler. I say, uh, why not? Um, And But I am working that week. uh, So maybe that wouldn't be the best of ideas. But Mm. hypothetically speaking, yeah, a cooler sounds pretty nice in there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hope you have a, a large kayak by the sound of it. Cause you're bringing a lot of things, but I, oh, yeah. I love- by the way.
0: I hope they have a kayak. Cause I, I don't know where else to find one. <laughs> how do you, how do you get a kayak to this, the players championship on 17? I, I don't know. Uh, this, these this are all- is not a,
1: a BYOK situation. Apparently <laughs> yeah, uh, I, we, we- I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that, that's a, That's a really good, uh, I think you're thinking in the right direction because you know, when you're learning to play the game of golf, it's like, you know, here's a club. Here's how you swing. Let's go to the range. Um, all right. Where's, where's the range picker? Because I want to hit balls <laughs> to the range picker. It's like yeah. the first primal instinct yeah. that you have in the game of golf. So you, putting you in a kayak, uh, you know, in, in the water there at 17 at Sawgrass. Yeah, the, the, their very first urge is going to be, can I hit Smiley in this kayak? So I love, I love baseball glove, love t-shirt cannon. Uh, I think maybe we put like a visor on that on that helmet or maybe even like a gopro like a helmet cam type situation uh (laughs) that could be great um i'm trying to think what else probably need to pack sunscreen um i like the cooler idea but yeah listen if you are if you're listening or watching now you know if you're on youtube drop us a comment or or reply on on uh you know twitter instagram tiktok wherever let us know what smiley should be bringing uh to the players for for the kayak bit And, and also if you're uh in in the area, give us a good kayak rental place. That would be helpful. Uh, <laughs> as As soon as you as soon as you texted this to me, I said kayak at the API, and and uh, no, dude, they're, they're they're gators there. Like I I've seen them.
0: Um, there's gators at players too, but I don't think I've ever seen one on seventeen. Um, hmm. I I really don't think I ever have. Hmm. But who's to say they're not
1: in there? I don't know. It, I'm just saying, you could get a lot of views on a YouTube video of you getting eaten alive by gators. Just think about <laughs> it for the content. Just consider. Just consider. <laughs> I, I just think
0: about the dude on my Ever Everglades TikTok, which I sometimes my for you page leads me to. Okay. The dude who goes in the Everglades in the middle of the night and looks for all of these all of different kinds of wildlife, and he sees gators and stuff, and he like boops him in the nose. So, I feel like if he can do that in the Everglades. And I have 10,000 people there to help me, you know, like in a safe environment. I feel like I'm I should be fine. You know, if if the
1: Everglades guy can do it, you should there should be like a second kayak, like a, like a, a bodyguard slash kayak caddy, you know, where he's like he's making sure you're not getting snuck up on by gators, but he's also handing you supplies that you need here's your baseball glove okay you're done with that hand it back to me you need like a you, there needs to be a second kayak in the mix I or think. like an
0: in- like a eject button that i can press you know just so
1: yeah oh that's a, that's another like you could you could put a one of those jet packs on that people use over the water that's where this
0: tweet ended up is i wanted to do the um yeah just anything on the water was Outside of a kayak was what I've been pitching the players on.
1: So this is this um, is a great corner you're getting yourself into that you anything this plays. <laughs> <laughs> uh well stay tuned in that department. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Uh but yeah, so we're we're on to Pebble Week, of course, and you were tweeting about, you know, hey, does anyone have info on the swing five? And I was poking around and
0: I, I could gotta follow. Follow. couldn't find it, it
1: like I was looking I was hoping it
0: would be like a rolling FedEx cup like we have you know like you can see the live standings on the FedEx cup PGA tour app and so I was thinking there, there would be a swing five tab for that so I can click it to to be able to monitor the well, how many points this or that you needed and then got that text from uh or tweet from Kyle Porter said you could mm-hmm. follow it on shot link which I don't even know how like is that like a website that you can just go to like shot link PGA tour I've never done that
1: I think you have to have a login to get the full version of that. Like the, the souped Uh, up, you know, all the kind of behind the scenes stats, which I'm sure you, you could get one. No, I think I have
0: one. I have one. It's just like, I don't, it shouldn't be that hard to follow. Right. Mm. These are storylines that like we need to be telling. And it's, it's if it's hard for <laughs> if it's hard for us to follow his fans like and we don't have like an interactive thing that we can see on the tv screen it's like the whole swing thing is kind of worthless right it, you just find out later like the, well, how do you build the drama
1: i 100 percent agree i mean i think that you know from a lot of perspectives, I I, I start, we've, we've talked about it a lot. So I feel like if you're from a sponsor perspective, if you're Aon, you're like, cool. All right. I'm getting a little bit of, of my bank for my bunk there, but I'd sure love to have a recurring thing. Cause yeah, people care who are getting into these fields. And I'd say also like, I'm just learning about new categories that exist as we go. And I don't know if I missed this or this just hasn't been publicized, but we were texting and, you know, they said in the broadcast, of course, you know, Jaeger makes that birdie at the 72nd hole. And Keith Mitchell gets into the AT and T, and Jaeger thinking, two putting got him in. Yeah, because but how about
0: this? How about him going lost ball on seventeen T, hits it in the fairway yes. bunker, gets up and down for bogey, and then birdies eighteen to get into this. Like,
1: dude, like I mean, what a! I know he didn't win the golf tournament, but that is absolute nails. The bunker shot on seventeen was unreal. I mean, I you know again, they're tour pros, so they they hit amazing shots all the time. But I just mentally going from you know, lost ball OB. And then it's like, I really want to hit a good one here so I can make a second ball birdie, but I hit in the fairway bunker. Like at that point I'm, I'm mentally cooked, you know, but for him to kind of stay in it and, and shoot, you know, he doesn't know what Pavon's going to do. He He had a chance to, you know, make a long putt, make an Eagle there and get into a playoff. So I thought that was, you know, really impressive, but yeah, so he, so there's this because I was trying to figure out how is Keith getting into the AT and T Pro Am and there's a there's a fill the field category that gets you know each of these signature events to eighty players apparently so you know there there you know whatever the field makeup was with the top fifty from last year with the the next ten from the FedEx Cup fall standings that you know that, that are going to fill out um, this field and the Genesis uh, and, and then the, the Swing Five was the one where Jaeger was outside of it but the birdie got him into it. And because he finished 61 in the FedEx cup fall standings, he would have been in the fill the field category, but he makes that birdie. He jumps into the swing five. He, he creates another spot in this fill of field category. And so that goes to 62 through 69 from the FedEx cup fall standings. And Keith Mitchell was 69 on that list. So he gets in. in addition to Alex Norton, Thomas Dietrich, Mark Hubbard, Eric Van Rooyen, Brandon Wu, davis riley sh kim and and uh and and keith they they all got in through their fall standings that 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 you know build out that field of field so uh yeah it, it's uh look i get this thing's a work in progress um and i should probably also read the swing five it's matthew Pavon, grayson murray christian bezaden out kevin you and then steven yeager is in that fifth position um but yeah, I, I, it's 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 a lot to to try to understand and process as we go. Um, you know, I I get that there. I, I I know that one of the complaints has been, um, like I, I guess this is, and I'm really rambling now. But I guess this is kind of my confusion here, and maybe this changes as we kind of go through each segment of of the season. But what's being rewarded there is, you know, we were thinking originally. So if you're looking at the swing five list, you have. Um, effectively three winners on this, right? Cause you have Matthew Pavon, Grayson Murray, and then Bezayden how qualifies, you know, effectively as a winner because Nick Dunlap was an amateur when he won the Amex, right? So you, you, what we thought maybe coming this year is that all three of those guys would have been exempt into signature events through tournament winners category. Therefore, uh, creating... swing
0: five is a higher category.
1: Exactly. No, exactly. So that, that's what like we, we, we didn't, we learned that after Grayson won the Sony, right? Yeah, So then what's happening is they're bumping three guys off the yes. the rest of the swing five standings. So the next three in the swing five standings, you know, six, seven, eight are Jake Knapp, Nate Lashley, and Justin Thomas. So what's, what's, happen- worth,
0: what's worth noting, and, I, and this is kind of where I think we're getting to, is that what is going to happen is like Grayson Murray, Christian Bizet, Newt, and, uh, and I'm missing somebody will be now in that tournament winners category so the the issue that like michael kim like tweeted out said like why is yeah. are these guys taking spots away and that was the thing that wasn't explained very well because we had this in our meetings that were like hold on why would they be in the swing five category if they won because in every other year the from a categorical standpoint the first thing you see when you sign up on pga tour links the highest category always was tournament winners so now tournament winners is below something it's, it doesn't make any sense to a tour player. So sorry for kind of cutting you off there, but that no, was, no. that's where the, the PGA tour animosity is with this whole thing. And there, what the PGA tour is trying to get is the swing five is, it's not just some random like the term "swing" means like the swing, like the West Coast yeah. swing, but it's not going to make any sense when the only swing we have is the Phoenix swing getting ready before because it's just one week before the Genesis. So we're going to have.
1: I don't know if it's a is the swing five a rolling list or is, will it be a it, it resets after each. Well, so for this one it'll be interesting sure. because because Phoenix I, I'll will be the, a top five. So what do we just no, the top no. five? That I aren't think f- in a Genesis. Phoenix, th- this swing five that currently exists, I mean, I guess we'll find out next week, but I essentially, I think this swing five exists through the end of Phoenix to get oh, to Genesis and it'll then it stay resets. the same. So it'll, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> just tomahawked my mic. <laughs> this swing five gets us animated around here. So I, I'm so mad. I'm pretty sure the swing five resets after Genesis for the next set of signature events. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But, but So, so what, yeah. what I'm trying to, I guess the point I'm trying to figure out is like, what are we trying to reward here? And, and my point about six, seven, eight on the swing five list is that those guys are, who are, are in form right now. So basically the way this thing is set up is this fill the field category. What you're telling players is the way they finished last year, like Keith Mitchell, S H Kim and Davis Riley effectively got priority over jake knapp nate lashley and justin thomas although justin thomas would be in anyway so it'd be taylor pendrith via the 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 way they they've done it with the the swing five category being higher than tournament winners category now i think that will change as the year progresses to because if, if it's an 80 player max what's going to happen is with more and more tournament winners who aren't in the swing five any longer they're going to start filling out the back of the field and the the, the, wins right 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 you know like if if
0: we have all stars winning um throughout the like we've been on a run with no stars winning but if we get on a run of stars winning you got to think about like all right if we don't have anybody that wins that gets added to the field you know that weren't already exempt so if but if we continue to be on this run now we're going to get to the point of OK, nobody's going to be getting in past that certain point. Like It's just going to be these tournament winners that fill out um, these signature events and, and, and may even sneak in past 80, depending on how many guys do win versus don't win for guys that are exempt.
1: It's just it's just interesting. And, and again, like I we've, we've tried to understand this and talk about this as best we can. And we're, we're still learning on the fly. But it's in and, and so i'll I'll you know look i'm i'm I'll give it the full year to kind of figure out if it if it worked or didn't work, but it's just interesting that they're at least for this first swing section that that was the calculus done of the the tournament winner category being beneath swing five of saying yeah we're gonna we're gonna take these guys and reward them for finishing past fifty and past the next ten from last year we're gonna reward them over you know, three guys who narrowly missed a swing five, you know, uh, uh, cut for, for this tournament, but are in good form. But, you know, sorry. Hey, like we're, that's, you know. that was the thing
0: going into the year. It's like, yeah. if you weren't in the top 50, you weren't guaranteed anything. I mean, the next 10 got you into right. those, those, uh, first two for the following year, but Hey, I mean, it's, I I like the idea of if you play well, you get rewarded and it's the whole play better category. Rory said it to Grayson at that meeting in Delaware. And guess what? Grayson Murray's played better and he's playing in all the signature events. And to me, I, I like the idea of it. And John Rahm was an advocate for this as well. He, he wanted, he didn't like the pip. He wanted the money to go back into the tournaments. He liked the idea of playing your way into these, these big, big events. And Rory said the same thing. And listen, I, and we've seen in these first four weeks, there's opportunity and these mm-hmm. stars are they're not guaranteed anything either. We're going to know at the end of the year how it shapes all up. Typically, we we see the stars end up um, in the top 30 at the end of the year. But still, if you play bad. You could play your way out of these signature events very quickly because top 50 is, you know, you don't have to
1: be that far off to have to be outside the top 50, even if you are a star. Yeah. Well, I, I will say I, I do in some personal selfish way like the way it's set up for this week because it means that Kashmir Keith is in the field at Pebble. And yeah, it just I, makes I, sense. It just makes sense. just makes <laughs> I'm, sense. This I'm mad that he should... didn't
0: even get a spot like that. That to me yeah. is a miss site by uh, the tournament tournament office over at Pebble Beach. I mean that he just has to be in that
1: field it's yeah it's, it's t- you know only four sponsor exemptions this year and they went to you know uh they went to three you know policy board pack guys and and maverick mcneely um i'm who, i'm shocked gary Woodland didn't get a invite he won the u.s open at pebble years. beach yeah and
0: all the things that he's going for he's back playing again how do you call gary and say hey gary you know what we had some better applicants yeah <laughs> what? Well, <I> mean, <laughs> what are you I mean, talking or, about had like <laughs>
1: Uh, h- how how about like a um like a Will Zauris like we no, talked about like, this it
0: starts and ends with gary did he won the us open at pebble like it's T- a totally it's a but yeah willie z would be like i mean if we would have made the list who would have got it it would have been gary willie gary. z adam scott and
1: i don't Bob, know, like keith if you think, yeah i mean i guess Keith's in, so it doesn't keith, matter keith would have I mean, been yeah. our fourth yeah. but he got in so I don't and, and that's that, that's no disrespect to to Webb and, and and Peter Malinati and and honestly and this is kind of I w- I wanted to talk to you about Pebble this event from a bigger picture and, and actually connect it back to the Amex because you know we have no idea what the schedule is going to look like in future years but you know this event's changed since last year right and and. A lot of people would say for the better. That's going to be a stronger field. It, it's this 80-player limited field. It is an amateur event for Thursday, Friday, and then there's a cut. And it's just going to be the pros at Pebble on the weekend. And so as a result, uh, you know, the the you're not going to see like Bill Murray this year. You're, you're not going to see the same set of celebs you saw in previous years that get it sort of a fun vibe. You know, a lot of the people that are going to fill out this field on the amateur side are going to be you know the 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 people that make the PGA Tour go from a business perspective. You know sponsors and and you know business people that are kind of key and, and and deal making and and keeping the tour. I mean, shoot, that's that's a huge off the course consideration now. So it would make sense that you'd want guys who are involved in those processes, like an Adam Scott or a Webb Simpson or a Peter Malnati, there to connect with you know, those, you know, business, business people and, and to have those conversations. Like I get why that's happening. I guess what I wonder is, is that, you know, do we see the Amex that, that is golf in a dome that does have better weather in a cold part of the, you know, cold time of the year for everywhere else. Like, does that become the fun pro am where it's a three day deal for the amateurs and, 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 you know, moving around for a couple different courses. And I mean, that that was even where they had the the Bing Crosby clam bake for you know a number of years. Like, I, like I'm wondering if the changing uh, composure of this event has a knock on effect for that event, so that we can have a little bit of both on tour in the future.
0: Well, there's no such thing as a fun pro am. I'm going to go and get get <laughs> get that out there. No From pro enjoys pro playing in the pro am, <laughs> <laughs> which is why the Pebble Field always sucked. It was three days. Yeah. It was six-hour oh, rounds. Great golf Dude. courses, but it was the weather was hit or miss, and it looks like the weather's going to be a miss next week. Hmm. But I mean, 18 or going back to the Amex. I mean, that you never really had any stars playing that. It was a very much a, a corporate uh, pro am. So you you're just kind of playing with. Um, just, just randos for the most part, hardly any celebrities ever play. So, yeah, I mean, the it being a significant or whatever you call it event, um, 25 million dollars. So, yeah, I mean, it's that that change the vibe's going to be totally different, um, at Pebble Beach this week versus what we've seen in the past, which is a very fun, um, pro am outside of potentially the golf. I mean, you got some good partners you could be playing with, but the uh, the hospitality tent for where dining and everything always was was very fun because you'd have you know musicians go up there and and play throughout kind of the day that was kind of their deal they had to <laughs> entertain a little bit to play and so you'd have Jake going go up there Eric Church those type of guys and and then you you'd be sitting down having breakfast or lunch with with Peyton Manning or Eli Manning. So that's the, the part of it that I'm sure a lot of the players and will miss, just the that component of what made that event so fun. But yeah, no, I, I think from a fan standpoint who don't don't get to experience that type of uh that type of camaraderie with you know all these musicians and artists and celebrities from a fan perspective watching Pebble Beach with the best players in the world is going to have a big major feel to it. Uh, playing twosomes that the, you know, typically they've always played threesomes at these, the pebble beach event. And now being twosomes, the flow should be better, should have a feeling like it's a major championship. So I think that to me is going to be a, um, it's, I think it's going to be very fun to watch. We'll, we'll see if it's going to be as entertaining as the last four weeks where we didn't have any stars win. Um, and maybe we don't have a star win this week, so we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm excited to watch though.
1: Yeah, as am I. And we will be out at uh, Pebble Beach this week. Although, as you noted earlier, uh, weather is looking interesting. So um, I guess uh, definitely excited about the, the stuff that we're playing on shooting. Um, but I, I just uh, maybe I'll say it this way. It's silver lining to the clouds that inevitably will be over our heads while we're playing golf. Is that uh, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that provides some level of entertainment. Um, what's what's the famous Tom Watson quote? You know, it, the bad weather eliminates. Fifty percent of the field, so we're going to be in the fifty percent that we're not going to let the weather eliminate us. That's that's the mindset I'm bringing into least, this week. At least one of us has to hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's hope we don't eliminate both of us. So, um, yeah, we'll Honestly, see. How- it looks
0: it looks better for when we're there, or at least when I'm there. I mean, when you're Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is eighty percent chance. Ninety-three percent chance, seventy-seven percent chance, and dude, it's going to be cold on the weekend. Like high of fifty-three, low of forty-three. I know the 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 cold hardos are like, that's not that cold. It's like, yeah, uh, anytime you're out there in the heavy air, and yeah, it's cold. Yeah, that's cold.
1: It's very that that's hand warmer weather uh that is uh beanie weather um that yeah that, Saturday, it,
0: little bit of sun on saturday you see that i
1: i see it i see it peeking through yeah, uh it, it's trying it's trying uh but it, God, it, that'd be great it's it's a Monterey peninsula anything can change any moment in either direction so if not just wait 10 minutes if not just wait 10 minutes and, and also by the way i mean mm-hmm. that's that's what the pros are playing into so we're we're doing it for the integrity of, of the bit. But yeah, we got some fun stuff. We got some fun stuff lined up. Um, maybe playing a little golf. We got maybe a fun little game where we might see uh, Keystone Smiley make an appearance. So we're looking forward to that. And then doing some some live coverage of the tournament while we're there. So um, I don't know, Smiley, any thoughts on, on the week? What you're looking forward to the most? Just
0: love that area. Love that area. Francie's going to come out with me dinner, on the weekend. The ta- it's her birthday Saturday. So everybody wish her a happy birthday. Don't be rude. Um,
1: should, should, should I get her? Should I get her a gift? Which, uh, what, what? Well, I feel she's like not going to listen to
0: this pod, so we can talk about it. Um,
1: I think. I think we should. What do you, what do you get your podcast co-hosts' uh, wife for her birthday? Uh, chocolate and, and wine always plays. What type of wine does she like? Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> 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 All plays. <laughs>
1: okay all right let me we'll, we'll i'll we'll workshop this um let' just figured you know shoot we're we're recording a podcast in front of all of our viewers and listeners listen Why we it right into now like
0: our 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 <laughs> our schedule last week so we we need to just have like these open like our calendar what's coming up and yeah, just keeping everybody posted keeping um, everybody
1: in the loop yeah, let's uh, keep
0: everybody in the loop we got bud collie coming on the podcast on phoenix week good. um we're gonna have uh some combination whether it's going to be James Seekman, my short game coach who's a uh, top 5 coach in the game according to golf.com which I I think he's uh definitely that very insightful stuff from him I'm excited about and then my boy Colby Tullier who trains all the dudes out on the PGA tour uh pretty much has just about everybody and him and I used to go way back uh when uh he lived in Baton Rouge so it's going to be a fun journey plotting his fitness path and where he is today. But also I think for, for those that are trying to get into uh, get their bodies in shape for the spring and summer, he's going to be able to give us a lot of great stuff too. So I'm really excited about our next three guests coming up um, in no particular order, but really uh, excited about getting to Monterey too. It's going to be fun to, to see Charlie out there for those that, that think that Charlie and I have been friends for our entire life. Nope. I've seen him in person like twice. So, we've uh <laughs> so it'll be fun to actually get some uh get some uh FaceTime with Charlie, get to actually meet Fran. You've never met Fran, have you? Never met Fran. We just yeah, so held, we've just held our babies up over Zoom and just, I know. you know. So, I I think uh it'll be fun just to kind of hang and and chill, play some golf, see where Charlie's game at, see where where SK's game at, which could be really good, could be really bad. Who knows? Who knows what we're going to get?
1: I I don't know um I don't, I I don't, I don't, I want to put it too far out there in the world, but post-surgery feeling good. Like we're (laughs) putting some, put some good (laughs) tape out there, played in the rain last week to prep myself for the coast. (laughs) A lot of good tape out there. And also on on the Colby note, I was in the Charlotte airport last night and right next to my gate was the Auntie Anne's and I was just smelling the pretzels. And I was like, I want a pretzel so bad, but turn over a new leaf. We're going to, we're going to diet better. We're going to work out better. In 2024, and Colby is going to talk to us about how to do that. So I'm really excited for that one. But uh, yeah, lots of exciting stuff coming up, beginning with our little voyage to Pebble Beach. So everyone stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, we appreciate you watching and listening. We'll, we'll talk to you back here soon.
0: The Smiley Show is part of the Serious XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast.